Hello there, friends. Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and I am so glad that you're joining me today. I hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you are having a beautiful day, even if it's not beautiful outside or if it's not beautiful inside your head and in your heart, that you can still enjoy a beautiful day walking with the Lord. And today's episode is not part of the Win series or anything, but this is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about eating disorders as I've personally experienced one. I'm not a professional by any means, so this is not your place to get help. It's a place that I want to share an experience, what I've learned, because I've done a lot of learning with this experience and just resources and things that I've gathered that were helpful for me so that if you're experiencing this, Honestly, these are things that I wish I would have listened to. Not that people didn't say these things to me, I just couldn't hear it and listen to it and apply them. And so I wanna share it, if you're struggling, that maybe you'll listen sooner than I did, which is wish I wish I would have done. First of all, eating disorders are, I feel like there's a stereotype that usually eating disorders are for people who are these real thin teenage girls who are going through a lot of things. And that is sometimes the case, but also you can have an eating disorder if you are of any age. Like, it's not just for teenagers. Like, it's all ages. It's for all body types, too. Like, it's not just people who are super thin that have eating disorders. They're people who aren't very thin, but they have, like, they have eating disorder issues. And same with, it's for guys and girls. It's not for just girls. Everyone... Anyone is susceptible to struggle with their body image and food. If you're struggling, I'm really sorry because it is a very real struggle. I struggled myself. Growing up, I didn't really deal with food issues. I always kind of saw myself as larger because I'm pretty tall and I'm more muscularly built. And I was just never like super stick thin like some of my friends and family were. And so I just saw myself as larger. And then it wasn't until I was in college that I did anything about it um, as far as food restriction and stuff like that. And there also just different kinds of eating disorders. There's restricting, there's binging, there's purging, and so there's all kinds of different ways. Mine was mostly anorexia, but I had a little bit of bulimia as well. But it started out whenever I was in college because I had a knee injury and I couldn't dance for nine months, and there were a lot of internal struggles going on, and instead of um, dealing with those in a healthy way, I turned to trying to control my situation with food because I couldn't control the recovery for my knee and so I could control food. And I didn't feel like I was acceptable to people or good enough because I couldn't dance and do beautiful things in that way. And so I was like, well, I can make myself acceptable in this way, which is a lie straight from the pit of hell. I was loved by God in that situation whether or not I could dance or do anything. So, but anyway, so that's kind of when it started. And then just different situations in life that would trigger it just sometimes just stress you know stress of wanting to do well at school and being a dancer there's a lot of struggle with just seeing yourself in the mirror all the time in form-fitting clothing is it's hard on your mind and then there's a lot of comparison with the people that you're dancing with and why did that person get a solo and I didn't and then there's just these lies that feed into your head and it just it's not good and I, yeah, I struggled for a few years kind of off and on and I didn't see it as a big issue. I just thought it was kind of like a coping mechanism and I didn't see the need to get help because it was just, it wasn't a big deal is what I thought. Um, but the people around me who love me and know me and they knew what I was dealing with, they knew it was more than just a coping mechanism. And so they really tried to get me to get help. 
because of my mindset, I really resisted that. It took me a while until I finally realized for myself that this is not what I want in life and this is not the trajectory of life that I want to be on. And I was having issues with my health. I don't want to go into details because I don't want to be a comparison thing of like, because I remember when I was dealing with things that I would look up people's stories and I'd compare my story with theirs and think, oh, I'm not as bad as them, so I don't need help. Or I'm not. So I don't want to, to share details and you compare your story to mine because if you're struggling with your thoughts about what you look like and your body image, and if you're struggling with food and just overthinking your calorie intake and overexercising, you can get help. It's okay. You don't have to wait until you get to a certain point. Like If you're just struggling with those thoughts, it's okay to get help please do. So I just don't want to share too much, but I did notice some things with my health that were not good because of my, the way that I was treating my body. And so I noticed that as well. And that's when I started to get help and I had to work really hard. It's not an easy process to recover from that because it's a lot of internal work on your mind. And then because of how you treat your body, there's a lot of reactions that go on with your body too, which is just, honestly, it's kind of terrifying, but it's really good because when you should get on the other side, you have so much freedom. A few things, again, like I said, I'm not a professional, but some things that if you have an eating disorder, you might kind of fall into these categories. And this is not an exhaustive list. This is just things that I know from myself and other people that I know and research that I've done about, you know, you might have a problem with your body image or um, disordered eating if you experience any of these. So that would be avoiding events where food might be present or um, like if someone invites you out to eat you might try to figure out other plans so they can avoid eating in front of them sometimes it's wearing a lot of layers and baggy clothes so people can't see your body it's a lot of hiding and sometimes even lying because you don't want people to know what's going on and you're making up stories so that you don't have to be around them and eating and things like that or lying about how much you've ate sometimes it's choosing certain foods that you're not going to eat or choosing certain foods that are safe to you. Uh, a lot of black and white thinking too, where um, this is good and this is bad and there's not a lot of middle ground. And so you feel like it's an all or nothing sort of thing. So there's just a lot that could go into that. So those are just a few things. It's very hard and it kind of fluctuates too. And it always kind of feels like there's nothing that you can do. Like there's a goal that your eating disorder will give you. There's a book I read called Life Without Ed that my um, counselor suggested to me, and it's about, the author wrote this as if she was breaking up with Ed, who's represented by, like her eating disorder as an abusive relationship. And so it's her book to Ed, um, breaking up with him and talking about all the ways that he would talk to her. And so that Ed voice wants to tell you all these horrible lies, and really those lies come from Satan. Satan wants to use this as a huge distraction for you because it's an internal struggle and you want to hide and so your struggle doesn't come out into the light and so it's hidden within you and you're just focused inward and you have no external focus you're not focused on your relationship with god you're not focused on your relationship with others you're focused on what your body looks like and you're focused on your food intake and instead of being able to consume what god has made for us to consume what he has made for us to consume, that food, is those thoughts about food are consuming us. And it's just, it feels like you're out of control because eating disorders, there's all these different reasons that people have them, like wanting to meet societal standards of beauty, wanting to have control, wanting to feel good enough, wanting to numb out pain, 
or bad feelings. There's all kinds of reasons for having an eating disorder that people try to use it to cover up and to like deal with that. But in the end, the eating disorder does not give you any control. It controls you and you feel completely consumed by it. And the things that come out of your mouth are not who you are. And the, thing, the thoughts that pop in your head, that's not who you are. And it's kind of scary. The things that pop in your head and the things that you say, I've gone back through my journals from that time and read things that I wrote down that are just awful. Like, I, that is not who I am. But those thoughts can resonate with you and reside in your mind. And that is to, just takes over. And so instead of you having control over food and things, it actually has control over you. And it's just a really ugly process. And Satan really wants to use that to distract you from God and his calling in your life. I feel like I've always kind of had a calling to be a wife and a mom. And this distracted me so much from that, that I was just consumed with what I looked like and wanting of just being absolutely obsessed with losing weight. And instead, it caused me to be unhealthy and really take away from relationships, which being a wife and a mom is all about relationships. And also, you have to be able to take care of your body to be a mom, like to be pregnant or even just to like take care of another human, you need to also take care of yourself. So it was distracting me from my calling. It's just not good. Because God tells us that he wants us to love him and to love others, but it's just you are completely focused on yourself and your image. And it's really hard because you can't see your body accurately when you're struggling with an eating disorder, which is so weird. I could, I could not understand this, but I would look at myself in the mirror and I would just see how fat I was. Now that I look back at pictures, I can see how tiny I was and not in a, like a very unhealthy way. Um, so I had like some trusted people that I could say, you know, I'm feeling so fat today. And they would be like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And because their eyes could see me more accurately and my eyes, there's just your brain really tricks you and you just think that you are so large and you're not. Which is just crazy. And that's honestly something that even after you've recovered from the eating part and your mindset part, there's still some like the body image part is the longest that it takes to recover from, which is really hard because like when you're recovering and taking care of your body better, sometimes your mind will still trick you and think that you're much bigger than you are. So it's helpful to have someone to kind of help you get clarity, which is where you have to step outside of yourself and allow people into your situation and allow yourself to talk with people about it instead of being in the dark because eating disorders just make you want to hide. When you hide, it doesn't come out into the light and so all of those lies fester in your brain and it's not good. It gets to very ugly places and we don't want that. I do want to just bring some truth into the situation about what God says about this because there's not a Bible verse that's like, Here's what Luke shows you about eating disorders. But he does tell us about our bodies. He talks to us about food, and he talks to us about fasting. So I want to talk about our bodies or flesh. All these are F. So flesh, food, and freedom. And freedom. We will talk about freedom, too. Um, so our flesh. God made us in his image. You know that. He formed you. He created Adam from the dust, breathed life into his nostrils, and from that we are created. And you are made in a fleshly body. Like, that's how he made you, in his image. And we all know Psalm 139, 14. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
I know you know that, but it's just really good to resonate in your soul, especially when you're struggling with this, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when we're not recognizing how God made us, that's kind of disrespectful to God, actually, not just to ourselves. And so we do want to be kind to ourselves and speak kindly to ourselves, but it's also about making sure that we are honoring God because our bodies are not our own. He made us. He redeemed us. He bought us. We are his. And he actually, when you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides within you. And so you are not your own. He made you. He bought you. And he owns you. And he lives within you. What about that is you? You're just his vessel, which is, that's how it should be. That's awesome. We want, <laughs> we want him to be completely in control of our lives because he is good. And we don't want to we are not good, so we don't want to be in control of our lives. It would not turn out well. But the Holy Spirit resides within us. It says, you are not your own. You are bought at a price. So honor God with your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit living within you. And so that is what our bodies are for. Our bodies are not for pleasing people. Some bodies are made to have six-pack abs and be super skinny. Like Some people are just made that way. And some people are made to have lovely curves and to be fuller. And some bodies are made to be more like rectangular shape. And some bodies are made to make just be tall. And some bodies are made to be nice and short. Like all bodies are beautiful because they're made in God's image. They're all different. And when we see the different societal standards of beauty, we want to try to compare to that and make ourselves like that. No, we are made in God's image. You don't need to make yourself in the image of what society says that you should. So that's the flesh you are made in and what your flesh is for. Our flesh is to carry us. We've got these amazing muscles and bones that do things for us. And we can be thankful that we have feet that help us walk, that we have stomachs that help process our food, that we have minds that work so we can do our schoolwork, that we have mouths so we can speak. Like Those are things that we can be thankful for. And I think that's a really good thing to focus on instead of looking in the mirror and seeing what parts of your body you hate, is finding parts of your body that you love and you can be thankful for that they do things for you. That was helpful for me because when I looked in the mirror, all I saw was what I hated. I hated the way that I looked. I hated, I'm not even going to go down the list of the things that I hated. But I would start with making a list of things that I did love and that I was thankful for. With being a dancer, I, made a, I was thankful for my feet because they point my toes and my tondus and because they help me walk and I can do releves and I can run and jump with my feet. So you can start with things like that and then you can work up to, like for me, honestly, my stomach has always been what I've been insecure about. And so making a list of things that you're thankful about, about, you know, my abdominal area holds all my intestines and my organs that help keep me running and alive and that my digestive system can process food and help me get vitamins and minerals so that I stay healthy and alive. That's awesome. So our flesh is very important to God. He made it. The second part is about food. God created food. It's not from the devil. It's not something we need to avoid. God actually, when he created the world, God created the heavens and the earth. And when he created the earth, food actually came before humans did. So when God created Adam and Eve on day six, food was already there. He already had it provided for them. And I think that's really important for us to know is that he provides it for us. It is good. It is a gift from him. And when he told Adam and Eve about the tree of knowledge and good and evil to not eat that fruit, he said, you are free to eat anything in the garden except for that one tree. But I love that phrase, free to eat. You are free to eat. You don't need to restrict. You don't need to punish yourself. You don't need to earn your food. You are free to eat. And I don't think it's a coincidence 
that Satan used the first temptation with food. He told Eve, you know, if you eat this, you become like God. And now, a lot of times he also uses food to tempt us, but instead he says, when you don't eat this, you become like God. That's what I believed. I believed that I could be self-sufficient. <laughs> I believed that I could run without food. That's pretty stupid, I'm not going to lie, because when you're running a car and it doesn't have any gas in it, it's not going to go anywhere. But I wanted to show that I was self-sufficient, that I could punish myself enough, that I could be good enough without needing anything. What Satan is saying about like not needing food and you can become like God, we're not made to be like that. We are made in God's image and there's certain things about God that we can be like, but we are not made to be self-sufficient. That is one thing for sure. We need God. We need air. We need water. We need food. God made food for us so that we can be nourished, just like God made the word to nourish our minds and our souls. Our body, our flesh needs food. So that is a good thing. And he makes it enjoyable. He could have just made it like bland cardboard pieces for us to eat, but he makes it so delicious. We've got carrots and blueberries and peanut butter, bananas, hamburgers, ice cream, pizza. Like that's, that's pretty amazing that he made all that stuff taste so good. You are free to eat. Know that you are free to eat. Also, God talks about fasting in the Bible which is very interesting because I think sometimes it gets twisted because that's what Satan likes to do. He takes the truth and he just twists it so that it kind of looks like the truth, but we know it's not. We know. Because when you read the word and you study the actual truth and you compare it to what Satan says to you, you can recognize the difference. But Satan, he just takes the truth and he twists it a little bit and he talks about wanting to take away food for other reasons because fasting is actually made for us to become closer to God. And with eating disorders, it's not about getting rid of food to focus on God. It's about getting rid of food to deal with other things. And so we need to make sure that if you're fasting, that you're doing it with the right motivation. Because fasting is not about any kind of show, and it's not about changing the way that your body looks, and it's not about trying to punish yourself or show that you're good enough or that you can be self-sufficient or that you can have control. It's actually about giving control to God and showing that we are very much dependent on Him and that we need Him every moment just like our bodies need food. So it's like a reminder that just as our bodies need food, we need God. That's what fasting is for. It's to break chains and bring freedom. It's not to restrict you and bind you up. So if you feel like you're doing the right thing by not eating because God talks about fasting in the Bible, you need to really make sure that you're watching to make sure that it's something that is about freedom and bringing you closer to God, about intimacy with Him, and not about being inward and trying to grasp control and be self-sufficient. Because God cares so much about freedom. He gave us free will. Like what He told Adam and Eve, don't eat from the tree but he gave them the choice. He could have just made us all puppets and we do everything he tells us to do, but he gives us the choice. With eating disorders, it's hard because sometimes it feels like the choices that we have are really, really hard. That you can either do the right thing or the wrong thing. And our, our ideas of right and wrong can be so skewed with the eating disorder voice in your head. But the right thing is always gonna be the thing that gives you closer to God and is about freedom, because God wants you to be free. In Him, we are free indeed, and the truth will set you free. When you spend time in God's Word, you can see 
the truth, and that truth is going to set you free, not the twisted lies that Satan offers you about getting control of your life and changing the way that your body looks. That's not, that's not good. There is a way to freedom. It can feel like you're trapped and there's no way out and that just keeps spiraling downward and that there's no way that you're ever going to get out of this pit. But I promise you there is a way out. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. <laughs> That's a really hard because with this it feels like you want to be self-sufficient and not need anything. But to get out of it, you actually do need help. And so I recommend definitely getting a counselor a therapist, someone to help you. I used a life coach, which was super awesome. I got therapy. And then it just takes a lot of work because you're working on the way that your mind is telling you to do things. And you're also dealing with the body. And because you've maybe mistreated your body, it takes some time for your body to trust you again because maybe you don't have hunger cues and so you kind of have to force yourself to eat. And because you maybe if you've like deprived yourself of calories, it'll take some time to like really rebuild um, your body again, which is terrifying, especially if you're scared of eating, that you have to eat more in order to get back to a normal, um, a normal schedule and a normal amount of food. Because there's actually, this is really terrifying. I hated this so much, but it's part of the recovery process, especially if you go through anorexia, is that um, there's a thing called extreme hunger. Not everyone will go through this. I don't want to scare you off, but I just want to be real with you that it is hard. Extreme hunger is when your body just cannot get enough food because you've restricted for so long that um, you just have to keep eating because your body needs, like it's building that trust again with yourself. So I would have to eat thousands of calories a day. Like not just like your normal regular recommended 2,000 or so calories, but like thousands and thousands and thousands of calories. And it scared me so bad because I was scared of eating, but my body was telling me and I had to listen to it because I had been deprived for so long. I had to eat so much food. It was scary. And so just finding things that work for you. Like for me, I got smoothies and that was really great because you could pack a lot of things in there um, or like yogurt bowls and putting a lot of good nutrients in there and just finding different recipes that you could pack a lot of things into so you could get all those nutrients but not feel like you're eating so much because it's kind of scary. Um, so I don't want to scare you off from the recovery process because it is absolutely worth it. It's very hard. That's what I want to be real about. It's very hard, but it's so worth it in the end because now I feel free from it. And there's times, there's always temptations. Like when I'm struggling and having a bad day, thoughts can pop in my head but now I know how to combat them and fight them. And I know that even if I'm having a day where I don't feel beautiful, I know that it's just a bad day. And I know where it's coming from. And I know that I still need food. Even if I'm not feeling great about myself, I still need to eat, I still need to drink water, I still need to take care of my body. That's just how it is. Freedom is possible and it's so worth it because when you get that freedom, you can actually get closer with God and spend time with him and you can feel closer to your friends and family and really connect with them and not be scared about going out to eat or going to events that have food at them because you're just focused on the relationship aspect which is beautiful that's what we are created to have community and not be these isolated islands where we're internalizing our body image and everything that we consume so freedom is definitely possible. And if you're listening because you know someone who's dealing with an eating disorder and you're trying to help them, man, that's a hard, hard job because eating disorders are very complicated. And so it's hard to know what the right thing to say is. And I just want to encourage you that just being there for them is huge. And 
it's a huge encouragement to them to know that they are loved even when they're struggling because there's a lot of shame around this too, which is why they want to hide. And I'd want to say a big part of why I got help was because of the people who supported me. My family and my significant other at the time, they actually, they really saved my life because I was not doing well and they had been trying to get me to get help for a, a while and I didn't listen at first. I was probably, and I know, I was, I was very rude to them because I didn't believe that I needed help and they kept pushing me to get help and they supported me the whole way and they, they were very supportive and just like reassuring me and telling me the truth about my body and what God says about me. I encourage you to just be, continue being there for them and everyone is different. What was really helpful for me, there were a few things that really helped me actually want to get recovery because some people are just stuck where they don't see that it's an issue. But was, what was really helpful for me to be like, wow, I actually I want to get rid of this and not be an issue anymore. One of them was um, I was meeting with one of my just absolute favorite dance teachers. She's just an, a beautiful gem of a human being. And she was kind of asking me, about my goals in life, like what I wanted to go towards. And so I told her that, you know, I want to be a wife and a mom and I just, I want to love people well and serve God and all this stuff. And um, she was like, so the trajectory that you're on right now, do you feel like that's headed to where you want to go? I was like, oof. And she told me about a story that I didn't even remember, but when I was in her dance class years and years ago, she was telling us to turn to the right. And so I did a turn, but it was to the left. And she was like, no, 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 turn to the right. And I was like, okay, so I turned and I turned to the left. And she's like, no, 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 the other way. I was like, okay, so I turned to the left. <laughs> so finally she realized there's a clock on the wall on, on the, my right side. She said, turn towards the clock. I was like, oh, okay, so I turned to the right. And sometimes we just have to realize where we're headed and that we keep going in the same way that we think we're like, someone's telling you, okay, you need to go this way, you need to go this way. And it's like, no. I'm, that's what I'm doing, that's what I'm doing. Until someone explains it a little bit differently and you're like, oh, and you get it and you're able to rotate to the other way and go towards where you're supposed to go. And so she's kind of using that as an illustration for me to show that like the trajectory that I was on, I thought I was going where I wanted to go, but I actually needed to go towards a different trajectory. And so that helped me realize that what I was experiencing with my mind and my body was not anything that I wanted to bring into my family someday. So that's what really, really pushed me to want to be better because I want to be a wife that's there for my husband and that can love and not be focused on my body image and food and also to be able to be a good example for my kids and just help them grow up in a healthy world where they're not consumed about food. The other thing that really helped me and there's this one day when my cousins, I'm just a sucker for a cousin hangout, they asked about having my cousin hangout and there was food at the event, but I was like, I'll just go and I'll make sure that I told them that I ate before, which is a lie, but anyway, I win. We played some games and stuff and they sat down and they said, okay, Rach, we gathered here tonight because we're worried about you. And it was this whole covenant cousin intervention, which it was, it was awkward for sure because I didn't know that that was happening and I mean, you know, interventions can just be kind of awkward, but that was honestly something that helped me realize that they, they care so much about me and they saw that I was struggling even though I wasn't open about it and they wanted me to get help. And I was still in school and so I was trying to figure out ways that I could get help and finish school at the same time. But um, they really encouraged me and they wanted me to succeed in life and 
they knew my goals and um, so that was something that I was like wow these people they you know they really care about me they see that this is not who I am and not where I want to be and so I should get help and so that's when I started getting help my significant other at the time like he was really the only person I talked to about it at some times and when things would trigger me and I would go down these deep spirals and I didn't talk to anybody about it, I would realize how controlled I was by the eating disorder and that it was absolutely consumed. In fact, I would probably say around 70 to 80% of the time I was thinking about food or my weight and how I looked. That's a lot of time. I would get to a point where I was scared because I realized it wasn't me and I didn't know what to do about it. And so I told him. He was really concerned for me and he wanted what was best for me and so he talked to my parents and suggested me getting help and that's where I actually started you know, getting help. And so I'm alive today because of those people being there and supporting me. And I'm very thankful for that. And I hope that if you're here because you want to figure out how to support other people who are dealing with this, that you would just continue to be there and support them through the hard, because it's, it's really ugly to deal with um, this mindset and um, that support means the absolute world to whoever is going through it even if they're not showing it because they're just they're so wrapped up in these terrible thoughts and if you are struggling with your body image and food I want to encourage you that you can get freedom you God wants you to be free you can give him control I promise you that he wants what's best for you. He knows what's best for you better than you know what's best for you. So trust him. Take it step by step. It's not something that'll go away overnight. And you don't need to compare yourself to other people and be bad enough to get help. Please, please, please get help. And just filling your mind with good things is super helpful too because you have all this negative self-talk and uh, my therapist, my counselor actually, she told me that um, you should talk to yourself the way that you would talk to your dance teacher. Because that's my dance teacher is just someone I always, she talks so sweet and she's so kind. And so she was like, well, the things that you say to yourself, would you ever say that to your dance teacher? And I was like, of course not. And so she encouraged me to really try to take each thought and think, would I think this or say this to my dance teacher? Because there's so much self-hatred going on inside your mind. And that just tears you down and feeds into the eating disorder. So when you're able to be kind to yourself and kind to your body, then you can also recognize that your body needs food and it needs nourishment. That's how we were created to be. So God just wants you to have that freedom and being kind to yourself because he made you in his image. You are free to eat. And he wants that relationship with you. Eating disorders distract us from loving him and loving others. And we want to be free to love fully. I also followed some really helpful Instagram accounts. Um, there's Diet Culture Rebel and Hello Spoonful and things like that, that they're just really helpful in sharing some good recipes and also just being real about their struggles and finding freedom from the culture that we live in is very fat phobic and focused on eating foods that are, you know, zero calories, zero sugar, zero this, zero that, which does not help <laughs> the eating disorder voice at all. It makes it worse. So following accounts that really feed into 
having freedom with how you eat and intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is very, very helpful in making sure that you're eating healthy. And it's not healthy in a way that's restrictive, but healthy in a way that's wholesome. And I mean, you still you gotta eat your fruits and veggies, but you can also eat pizza and ice cream and that's okay. You know, God made all kinds of different food and the people that he created use that food to make some awesome creative things. We've got, you know, fried rice and tacos and hamburgers and fun things like that. And you don't need to punish yourself and restrict yourself from having fun things like that. You are free to eat. So thank you for joining me today. And I just want you to know that I am here for you. I am, again, not a professional. So if you are struggling with these thoughts, please get help. Find someone who I would recommend getting a professional for sure, a therapist or a counselor, or even going to like a psychiatrist to get um, an analysis done so that, that they can help you get connected to the right program for you to get help because you are so lovely and made in his image. And I want you to have freedom and be able to connect with people and have that community that he designed for us to have and not be scared of food in your body. So I am here for you though. If you ever wanna send me a message, um, share your story, I'm happy to hear and listen. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. But I am here for you. My heart goes out to you for all those who are struggling or those who are supporting those who are struggling. And I hope you have a great week.